We are Masters Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Breaking the Goal Line podcast. As always, I am your host, Russell Goddard, and uh, it's Thursday, April 8th, first day of the Masters. A lot of money on it, different, you know, spread it around. Think about the Masters, you just got to spread it around. You know, if you got one or two guys there on Sunday, it's awesome. Got a couple guys in the top 10, got a couple guys finishing top five, got some money on some winners. It's awesome. The Masters is just a beautiful weekend. And we also had big trade news early on Monday, right after I was done recording that podcast, I had the news that Sam Darnold was traded to the Panthers. Going to talk about that. Got the draft still coming up. Talk about that. A lot of good stuff to talk about. But before we do, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If you have, thank you. If you have not, please do. And as always, Apple iTunes, go ahead and leave me a review. Let's get it. All right, so Sam Darnold, the former number three overall pick to the New York Jets, was traded Monday afternoon to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers gave up a sixth rounder this year, a second and a fourth next year, and they get Sam Darnold. So now we know a couple things. We know for sure the Jets are taking a quarterback number two, and Carolina has an opportunity now that they have a quarterback. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, now I hear that they're going to shop Teddy Bridgewater, a couple interested teams in that. I don't expect them to get a lot for Teddy, but I think they can get something for him, and if not, he could be a viable backup to, to Sam on the Panthers. But now they have a spot at eight where they're picking still to get a very high-end key player, whether that's a offensive playmaker or what I think they should go defensive side of the ball, whether that's an edge rusher or a cornerback. I think this is a huge win for both teams. And I think it's a win for Sam Darnold too. The Jets will have a chance to draft the quarterback. Well, they'll have a chance to draft a quarterback. They just have to draft the right quarterback in a very quarterback-heavy draft. And they'll get him for a very cheap price. So now they'll have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Now, they just had one on a rookie deal on Sam Darnold, but his fifth-year option was coming up. So if they were to keep Sam, they were going to have to pick up his fifth-year option. Now you sign, let's say, Zach Wilson or Mac whoever. Now you have that really cheap deal for four years, just like you had with Sam. You weren't paying Sam anything. You're not going to pay this guy anything. Also, the Jets got three picks out of this trade. A sixth-rounder this year, a fourth-rounder next year, and a second-rounder next year. I mean, they got a second-rounder for Sam Darnold, what I think could be a very good second-rounder. I don't know if Carolina is going to be great next year. I think they'll have a chance to draft top 10. So if they are, that second-rounder is very valuable. You know, so I, I mean, I thought... You know, other teams were going to be offering up Sam Darnold, and I think they were, but I don't think teams were offering what this is. And I think the biggest thing is the second rounder. The fourth rounder is also huge, and a sixth rounder this year. You know, the sixth, okay, the fourth, a little bit more value, but that number two spot, as we just talked, talk, we just started talking, you know, beginning of the week in the other pod, how valuable the second round draft picks are. This is a huge win for the Jets. So now the Jets have seven picks in the first five rounds this year. That's including two firsts. And they have nine picks in the first five rounds next year, including two firsts, two seconds, and two fourths. I talked about value in the draft on Monday. The Jets are now set up to turn a $100,000 house into a million-dollar home. They have the picks now to take the most valuable players in the first three rounds the next two drafts. Now it's on Joe Douglas. 
You know, it's really it's it's really on Joe, and I really like Joe. I think he's a smart guy. You know, we haven't really seen him whiff on any players yet. He's made some what I think tremendous trades to get all the assets he has now. You know, but we're gonna see the next couple of years if he can continue to make the right decisions and how good of a general manager he is. And it all kind of starts with two people. It really does. It starts with one, Robert Sala. Joe Douglas hired Robert Sala. Can Robert Sala be a good head coach? That's still kind of up in the air. I mean, I think he can be. He looks like he's a hell of a defensive coordinator, but can he be a head coach? And number two, it's the quarterback. Whether it's Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, whoever, can they play? Is it the right pick or is it Trubisky? Is it Mariota? Or are you going to get a high-end quarterback? Are you going to get a Lamar, a Deshaun, an Aaron Rodgers? Are you going to get a, uh, a Josh Allen? Or is it going to be one of these tail-end guys, Jameis Winston? Maybe a complete bust. The Jets and Joe Douglas, they, they, they might have all these picks. And they might be able to stack up on more. But unless Robert Sala can coach, and unless whoever they take number two can play some football, it doesn't matter how many picks they have. It won't matter if they hit on every single draft pick for the next three years. If those guys can't can't win, if the quarterback can't play, and the coach just is not is just not there, just can't maybe can't be a head coach. Well, the Jets are not going to win. But I think the Jets are set up perfectly right now, and I think this is a huge win for them. They've got to continue on the right track, and it kind of starts with who they're going to take. And I guess it's leaning at Zach Wilson. They really like Zach Wilson. There's been a lot of reports now coming out from people inside the, the Jets organization that say that they've loved Zach Wilson for a while now. And Ma- uh, Mike LaFleur loves Zach Wilson. Sala thinks he's a winner. And Joe Douglas, he uh, apparently it was hard. A lot of people weighed out whether they should keep Darnold and actually trade out of that pick. And Joe Douglas uh, apparently was one of the guys that start. you know, hey, let's maybe see what we can get for this number two pick, see if Sam's good, you know, didn't turn out that way. I think they all made a, a, an agreement together that, hey, we're going to go with Zach or we're going to go with Justin. We're going to trade Sam. And they got a two out of it. They got a two of four and a six. They got three picks out of it. You got to be happy for the Jets. But can Sala coach? And can Zach Wilson, can he play? It's going to be bumpy a little bit at first, but you you got the pieces now. You also have uh, the Seahawks tra- uh, the Seahawks pick this year, what, 23rd? So you have an opportunity to take your quarterback and then at 23rd, Take a good lineman. I would say defense you really need help with. Maybe get another playmaker in there for Zach to throw to. Maybe somebody, you know, at 23, if Kadavius Tooney's still on the board. Uh, an edge rusher. I don't I don't think Phillips is going to fall that far. But, uh, you know, Vallejo might go that far. Who knows? But you got, you got two first-round picks now. And you have multiple first-rounders, multiple second-rounders next year. You can make it happen if you're the Jets. you got to build around Zach Wilson if that's who you're taking. See if Robert Sala can coach. Joe Douglas has got to hit on these picks. We could be looking up in the next couple of years if this quarterback hits and the Jets are right there battling for the AFC. Who knows? I mean, they really could be. I think this defense can be fixed pretty quickly because Robert Sala, I, I have a lot of trust and faith that Sala can bring greatness to the defensive side of the ball. But it's the offensive side that we're really going to have to see. Just kind of depends on who they take. Depends on their picks going forward. If Joe Douglas cannot miss and Sala can coach, we, we, we could have uh, the Jets be kind of in relevancy again. And for the Panthers, I think this is the right move. They were kind of stuck at no man's land, picking uh, eight. You know, they weren't really going to be able to move up far enough. 
to get a quarterback that they liked in this draft because the only one really they they would have to trade with would be Atlanta. But why would Atlanta trade with their division rival for a quarterback that they could land and he could start kicking their ass? So Atlanta's not going to do that unless they gave him a haul. It would have to be multiple firsts or multiple seconds. It, it would have to be ridiculous. But there's just no way that that trade would happen. So Matt Rule, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, and David Tepper, the new owner of the Carolina Panthers, they had to do something about their quarterback situation. I mean, you have Teddy Bridgewater, and clearly Teddy Bridgewater is just not good enough. I like Teddy. Great guy. Amazing character. And a really, really solid backup in this league. A below-average starter. It's just proven at this point that he's just a below-average starter. So they made the trade for a young, cheap Sam Darnold. To me, that still has a lot of upside. And it gives the most boring team in the NFL last year, it gives them a little bit of relevancy. I mean, they have a splashy, controversial player now, at quarterback nonetheless. Christian McCaffrey can come back. You have a a new, well, I guess second year, young college head coach. So you didn't really have a lot going for you last year, Carolina. You were really boring. I mean, really boring. I think everybody turned you off. But now you got Sam Darnold. You'll have McCaffrey back. You have a lot of young, talented players on the other side of the football. I like it. I, I really do. And I'm seeing a lot of, you know, on social media, how they gave up, you know, too much to get Sam. How could they give up that much? I, I thought it was right on the money. A second and a fourth next year and a sixth this year for a 23-year-old, uh, going to be in his fourth year quarterback? Really? Athletic? Clearly can make plays? A good guy, smart. That's not, I mean, for a quarterback, that's nothing. That's nothing. If it was to hit and Sam Darnold was to be good in Carolina, it would be the cheapest deal. It would be a massive underpay. The Jets, if, if, if three years we look over and Sam Darnold is like the 10th to 15th best quarterback in the league, well, the Jets look over and they're like, well, shit, we probably could have got a lot more, but. What are they supposed to do? How are they supposed to hang on? They got number. They got the number two pick. The Jets gave away, you know, Sam Darnold for a second round pick, pretty much, and a fourth rounder. The sixth round, we can count, but nah, I feel like it's pretty good. It's good value. You get a young quarterback, 23 years old, for pretty much a second round draft pick, if you, if you look at it through the true value of it. That's fine. And the Jets, they, they have a position to be a really good second round draft pick if Carolina's not good next year. If Carolina only wins like six games. But Sam looks okay, you know, hey, we might have something here. We still need to bring, you know, build up some other things, maybe six, seven wins. Well, Carolina's going to be in a good spot. Sorry, the Jets will be in a good spot in their second second round picks because they'll have theirs and they'll have Carolina's at that point. The Panthers are a team that's trying to be exciting. They're trying to be competitive right now. Their owner, who pretty much just paid $3 billion in cash for the Carolina Panthers last year, he wants them to be exciting. He doesn't want a boring franchise. He wants he's got more money than God and he's he's willing to throw it around. We've seen that so far. He and he, and he he's not afraid to take big swings with his money either. He goes out and hires Matt Rule. And then Matt Rule goes out and hires Joe Brady. I mean, these these are guys that were just coaching in in, in college. Joe Brady not even a head coach. We're doing we're having good careers in college and never coached in the NFL before. Well, Joe Brady was in the NFL before. Boom, they're up 
You know, all of a sudden, he Matt, Matt Rule's the head coach of the Panthers. Joe Brady's the next hottest uh, offensive coordinator in the league. Uh, David Tepper's just throwing his $3 billion, $4 billion, $5 billion around. Wants to re-sign McCaffrey. They want to bring a quarterback in. Why not? You're Carolina. This, this is good for you. You're a small market. Go out and get big players. Make splashy plays because your owner doesn't want to just sit back on his hands and not do anything. He wants to go out and spend his cash. So go spend your cash. Go get Sam Darnold for a couple draft picks. See if the kid got something. You'll be exciting. You'll be watchable. You'll be relevant. You'll sell some jerseys. And you have a chance that if Sam Darnold could be really good, hey, look at look at your division. Look at your division right now. Drew Brees just retired for the Saints. We don't really know what's happening right there. Tom Brady is 70 years old, just won a Super Bowl, and I know he might win another one at 80, but that's if he plays another 10 years. I only think he's got another two or three in him. And then you got Atlanta, who clearly... Matt Ryan is on the tail end of his career, and now I'm hearing calls that Atlanta wants to trade out of that fourth fourth pick, so it looks like they want to run with Matt Ryan and don't want to draft a quarterback this year, so they think Matt Ryan could probably be productive for the next two to three years, and I agree. However, in the next two to three years, this division is going to be completely turned upside down, and if you can sign Sam Darnold for a Jimmy Garoppolo type deal where the last couple years you're only paying him 20-something million dollars, you give him a little bit up front... Because he hasn't really shown you anything unless he just, he, he's just, you know, completely different the next two years. Is a tremendous player. He becomes like a top 10 quarterback in the league, which I don't see that happening in the next year. Maybe in two years he can really develop and be a star. But he's got more pieces around him now, so it's it's possible. But it's not like you're going to be paying him a Dak Prescott contract. So Carolina, the next two to three years, could be in a spot where they're, you know, competing to win their division. I don't see why that's crazy. If Matt Rule can coach, and he's he's clearly... I mean, they spent all their draft picks on defensive players last year. So he's clearly trying to build that defense up. He knows he's got McCaffrey, Curtis Samuels, Robbie Anderson. His offensive line is not great, but they're not the worst thing in the world. And he's got... Now he's got Sam Darnold. You know, so uh, Joe Brady can make all this work, I think. I think Joe Brady can really turn... That can He can turn this into butter. He can't. He can just keep turning, 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 and find some butter in this. And Sam, I mean, if I'm Sam, I feel like I'm the biggest winner in that. I I, I got to be happy if I'm Sam Darnold. I get to go to a team that has an up-and-cutting offensive coordinator, like we talked about in Joe Brady, who worked with the Saints before going to LSU, winning the national championship at LSU with Joe Burrow, then getting the OC job in Carolina. I mean, he's he'll have a running game. He'll have one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the league in McCaffrey, who can also catch the football, you know, if he can stay healthy. He'll have better wideout play with Curtis Samuels and Robbie Anderson, who Robbie Anderson has played with him before in New York, before they before the Jets decided they didn't want to keep him last year. But Robbie Anderson in in Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold's rookie year, they were pretty good together. <laughs> they were pretty good. He, he's a burner and Sam gets in the ball. They know each other. I like that. You know, I think Sam is going to be very viable in this offense. You know, they pick up they picked up his fifth year option uh, already. I saw so he's only going to cost about thirty million dollars for the Panthers in the next two years, and that's a win for both. That's a win for Carolina, and that's a win for Sam because that's money that's going to be almost all thirty million dollars going to go straight into his pocket. So even if Sam is terrible after the next two years, he's still going to walk away with almost fifty million dollars made in his career. But I don't think Sam's getting walking away in two years. I think he's going to be good enough. I think he's going to show Carolina and the rest of the league that, hey, he can kind of play a little bit. Get him some pieces around him. Get him a good run game. Get him a a, 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 a offensive coordinator that knows how to use, you know, schemes. I mean, I'm not saying that 
Adam Gase doesn't on a whiteboard. Adam Gase, I'm sure, knows everything he's talking about. As a head coach, he clearly didn't. Joe uh, Joe Brady, on the other hand, I, I I think he does. I think that guy is a good offensive mind. He knows how to use things. He knows how to use a weapon like Sam Darnold, like Curtis Samuels, like Christian McCaffrey. And I think he's going to scheme some stuff open in that offense, and Sam's going to look pretty good. This has just made me just so much more excited for the season coming up now. I mean, we're having teams that are boring, are not very good, going out and trying to get better players, a splashier player. You know, or we have teams that are just on the cusp going out and trying to make big moves, like the Rams getting Stafford. It's 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 really shaping this NFL season up to be pretty good. I, I thought last year's season was phenomenal. One of the best in the last couple of years, just with all the storylines. Brady leaving, and, you know, is Drew going to retire? Phillip Rivers to the Colts. A lot of stuff. Look, coaches switching around. We had the Eagles controversy, all that. The NFL was just exciting last year. I think this year is going to be 10 times more exciting than last year. I am stoked on all things NFL. So apparently, the Atlanta Falcons are now taking calls for the fourth overall pick. So this tells me that Arthur Smith, the new head coach of the Falcons, really likes Matt Ryan and thinks that he can get a few more high-quality years out of Matt Ryan. Arthur Smith, an offensive guy from the Titans, did really good things with Tannehill, turned his career around, and who knows, maybe we can look up in a year or two, Matt Ryan. I mean, hey, Matt's still leading the league in like yards every year. He's up there in touchdowns. He doesn't throw that many interceptions. You know, he's maybe not what you want really fully in a quarterback, especially in 2021, but Matt Ryan can play. He's not the Falcons' issue at all. The Falcons' issues are on defense and their culture of the team. If I'm Atlanta, I try to trade back too, maybe with the Broncos, swap firsts and maybe get a second or a third this year for a first next year. Because if the Broncos want to come up from nine to four, I mean, I'm going to, if I'm Atlanta, I want a first round pick next year. That's that's simple. I mean, if you if if you're moving into the top five of the NFL draft, I mean, yeah, you I'm gonna want a first rounder. If you want to move in here, especially because Atlanta knows that if let's say it is uh, Denver who wants to trade in there to get one of their quarterbacks, maybe Trey Lance, maybe Mac Jones, maybe just whoever. Well, Atlanta knows that, so they have them by the balls, and they could just squeeze those Bronco balls as hard as they can and get every little drop of this trade out of them. And it's either it's either the Broncos do it or they don't do it. If I'm Atlanta, I go, all right, Denver, I'll do a first rounder next year and give me your third rounder this year. We'll pick swap. I'll go to nine. You'll go to four. Done. So now I have a third rounder this year and I have an extra first next year if I'm Atlanta. And now you have the assets to build around, you know, Arthur Smith's offense. You know, you're not really building him around Matt Ryan, but you got to build up that defense. Get some pieces in here that Arthur Smith likes that he can work with, with Matt Ryan and post Matt Ryan, and just try to go out there and hit on some, you know, high-valued key draft pieces. Atlanta, you know, they're not looking terrible. I like Arthur Smith. I like that higher. Now, their defense is atrocious. Matt Ryan is on his last legs. Julio Jones on his last leg. You know, but you got some nice pieces in there. Calvin Ridley's really nice. You know, your offensive line is pretty capable. I know maybe if Atlanta stays at four, if for whatever reason they don't trade back, trade out with another team, they stay at four, to me, they have to take a quarterback. You can't take a wide receiver there. I don't think you're going to take one of those two tackles at four. So to me, if Atlanta stays, they will take a quarterback, and it'll be whichever one, Arthur Smith, between, I guess, there might only be, well, there's two technically, because there's 
five quarterback, big quarterbacks in this draft. So you take one of the two that's remaining, you know, could be Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, whatever it is. But if you don't like them, maybe you just try to take what you can to trade back. But Atlanta, if they stick at four and they don't move, to me, that's saying they're taking a quarterback. But right now, saying that they want to take calls and they're taking all sorts of calls means they just want to get out of that spot. And to me, that screams Denver Broncos. Go up there and get your get your boy Trey Lance. You know, maybe it's Mac Jones, Justin Fields. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those three. But go up and go up and get somebody, Denver. And Atlanta, just hang back. Get a few more pieces to build around for the next couple of years because you are in rebuilding mode. Because that's all you have is Matt Ryan. Your your issues are are pretty deep. Your defense sucks. Your offense is inconsistent. Arthur Smith's gonna have to come in there and change the culture. They're gonna have to change the way the whole playbook is. This is gonna be Matt Ryan's like, fourth playbook. Ah, look, I don't think I don't think Atlanta's gonna be any good the next couple of years. But they can put them themselves in a spot where they can stack up some draft picks, get some key valued pieces that can still be young when they do go get their rookie quarterback. So. If they let's say let's say they stay and pick at four and they get Trey Lance, well, what Matt 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 Ryan's just too expensive. He's too expensive to hang on to. He's too expensive to trade. So you're just gonna what keep Matt Ryan and Trey Lance, your fourth overall pick as the backup. Have Matt Ryan start and then you know you're not really working your rookie in. What is he supposed to sit behind Matt Ryan for a year or two? That's what I'm hearing. Take a quarterback, Atlanta. Sit behind Matt Ryan. Why? he's too expensive to trade. You're not going to trade him. And then you're just going to eat the dead cat money. Let's say he sits behind him for two years. So now Trey Lance is, let's say Trey Lance is third or fourth, a uh, third year in the NFL. He only has really two more cheap years left. So you're going to start with him his third year in the NFL on his rookie deal. Get rid of Matt Ryan, take that huge cap hit. And now you only have two years really with a quarterback on a rookie deal to try to win now. That's what you, that, that, that sounds horrible. Why would you not want a rookie quarterback and try to work on it for four years and then pick up that fifth-year option? But for four years, you'll be so cheap that you can get players here, players there, players this, players that, whatever it may be, instead of having him sit behind Matt Ryan for two years, wasting away his rookie deal, and just eating cat money with Matt Ryan. That makes no sense to me. It doesn't make any sense right now for Atlanta to take a quarterback. It makes sense right now for Atlanta to assess the draft prospects that are coming out as quarterbacks the next three years. And I don't think they're going to be good enough that they'll even be in a, a to be in the playoffs the next couple of years. But they could be competitive, maybe. Matt Ryan's not the issue if they get their defense built up. And then, and then in the next two, three years, then you draft a quarterback. Then you try to take one or make a trade for one. But right now, it just doesn't make much sense for Atlanta to take a quarterback, in my opinion, if they're going to keep Matt Ryan on this roster. Now, if they would have traded Matt Ryan, that's fine. But we're going to pick up a quarterback and then start him and sit Matt Ryan? who's eating like $40 million of your fucking cap, that's terrible. That would be like, <laughs> that'd be like just drafting somebody for Deshaun Watson before this whole thing happened and then just have Deshaun sit because he doesn't want to play for you anymore so you didn't trade him. That's stupid. It, it's just, it's stupid. So I, I, I like this move by Atlanta. Trade out, get some picks, accumulate some stuff, sit back, let a nice, talented player come to you. Hell, maybe Kyle Pitts falls to you at nine. Maybe one of those good, nice offensive linemen falls. Maybe you can get a good cornerback. Who knows? You can get a lot of good players at that nine spot. You can get, you can get, you can get a Sertan. Maybe Quiddy Pay. Maybe, maybe one of those tackles fall to you. Maybe uh, Jamar Chase. You, you go wide receiver because Julio's getting old. Who knows what you do? But you get back. You add, you add a couple draft picks. You add a very nice piece to you, either offense or the defensive side of the ball. And you just keep working if you're Arthur Smith. You just keep working. You know that this is going to take some time. 
to get the tracks on the road and get moving. And Matt Ryan is just this, oh, this is the old conductor that's leading them down this nice, easy set of tracks till they get the pieces around them to draft a quarterback and try to win then. To me, that's the only way to go if you're the Falcons. I think that's the way they're trying to go. It looks like what they're in route to doing. They just got to get somebody that's going to be willing to trade up for hopefully around what they want to give that pick up for. I think it's going to be a trade. I expect it to happen pretty soon. Uh, as we've seen, these trades are happening very early this year. I don't I don't know if it's going to be a draft night trade. Maybe if Atlanta's desperate, they, they're like, man, we really don't want to take a quarterback here. Let's just let's just take anything that somebody gives us right now. Let's trade back and try to get in the top 10. That could happen, but I think it's going to happen in the next week or so. So a couple days ago, it was announced that Justin Fields will hold another pro day. And Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch will attend this one. Big freaking deal. It wasn't a big deal when they didn't go to his first one. I, I just don't understand why so many people have made such a big deal about this, about how they went to Mac Jones's pro day over Justin Fields' pro day. Well, guess what? Kyle Shanahan knows Justin Fields. He's seen him since he was 13, going to multiple quarterback camps every summer that Kyle was at. He's met the kid numerous times. He knows what he looks like. He knows how he throws. He knows what kind of uh, person he is. So now he's just going to go because he's holding another one, which I'm sure they already knew he was going to hold another one. They're going to go watch him throw, all that stuff. This, the Mac Jones, scre- smoke screens. How are we not seeing this? Mac Jones is not going to be taking number three. Justin Fields is going to go number three. Justin Fields will be the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. That is my opinion. That is what I think is going to happen from everything that I'm seeing, from just how Kyle Shanahan has spoke, I think it's going to be Justin Fields. I would be floored if it's Mac Jones. My opinion on Kyle Shanahan would start to change a little bit. And I would start I would start judging him a little bit harsher. Because then, if you take Mac Jones, then I'm kind of looking at you as, Kyle, you need to win now. Because this is going to be your fifth season, and you've only had one winning season. And yeah, you might have went to the Super Bowl, but Kyle, if you take Mac Jones... After trading up from 12 to 3, my I'm going to start grading you a little bit harder, buddy. I'm going to be a little more harsh on you. And things that you do and losses, they're going to start to get harder. And you're going to start swallowing a little bit more when you say your name. And it's like, uh, you know, but if you take Mac Jones and it works out, then you're a genius. You're a freaking genius. But you're not, I don't, Kyle, you're not smarter than everybody else in the league. You're smart, but you're not taking Mac Jones. I don't think they are taking Mac Jones. And I think this whole pro day thing is just getting blown out of proportion. And I think this Mac Jones thing is blown out of proportion. Daniel Jeremiah has Mac Jones going to the San Francisco 49ers his mock draft. Now, a mock draft is a mock draft. Can't really take much out of it. But at the same time, you know, everything he's saying from everything he's hearing from the inside that it's going to be Mac Jones. I just don't see. I don't even see how Mac Jones can be graded as a first round talent. I just I just don't. I don't see it. He just he, he reminds me of a worse version of Kirk Cousins in a way, and I just uh I'm not about it. Okay, so it's draft season and mock drafts are flying around and people are saying where they think it's going to go and hey, I love the draft and I like to do a little mock draft a little dab myself, so I thought why not do a little one myself here on the pod. So, I'm going to go 1 through 5 today, and then so on and so forth, 6 through 10, 11 through 15, until we get to 32. It should be, you know, a couple weeks until the draft, so I should have enough time to fill all it in. Just five spots at a time. Uh, So, we'll go 1 through 5 here on who I think 
these teams should take. Not who they're necessarily who they're going to take, but who I think personally who they should take. So we'll start with number one, the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's pretty obvious. It's been set in stone for a while, even before we knew who was going to have the number one pick, that Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson was going to go number one. And he should. Uh, I mean, if you look at him, he's got everything. He's got the arm, the mobility, the look. He's won a national championship. We've been putting this guy up since his freshman year. The kid's a stud. People are saying the biggest uh, prospect since luck to come out. I kind of agree with that. I think the hype on him is a little bit much. You know, I think some people, I can hear it now, middle of the season, later on in the season when the Jaguars are just, you know, not very good because they're not going to be very good. Oh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, was he was the hype on him too much? Is this guy, can you handle it? No, I think Trevor's going to look pretty good. I mean, do we all forget how many interceptions Peyton Manning threw his rookie year? What was it, like 28? Trevor Lawrence cannot look that good next year because he's going to be on the Jags. Other than all these teams, other than the Jets, all these other teams that are going to take quarterback, they're better than Jacksonville Jaguars. So if all these quarterbacks start, they're probably going to look better than Trevor Lawrence does. I mean, they might not. Trevor Lawrence could come off the map and just be a rock star from the get-go and just be throwing dimes left and right. But I think he's going to have a little growing pains. But I do think he's the best quarterback in this draft. All right, number two, the New York Jets. And now that they've traded Sam Darnold, I think it's going to be Zach Wilson. I think he's very, I guess, quote-unquote, pro-ready. Looks like he can make all the big throws. I mean, this guy, I mean, he's, he's bigger than I thought. Has a really strong arm. He's very athletic. Seems to go through his reads really well. Doesn't get locked in on one or two targets. Can make the plays outside the pocket. I do think his floor is much higher than his ceiling is. Kind of like a Baker Mayfield in a way. But I do think his floor can be really good. I think I think at his best, he's a better version of Derek Carr. And that's my comp for, for uh, Zach Wilson is Derek Carr. And Derek Carr is everything you want in a quarterback. He's a leader. He's a locker room guy. He says all the right things. And when he's protected well, I mean, Derek Carr plays as the top 10, 12 quarterback in this league. Derek Carr is not the Raiders' problem. And Zach Wilson, I think, it could be a better version of Derek Carr. I think he has a little bit better of an arm. He's a little bit more athletic than he is. I think Zach Wilson, Derek Carr, I think that's a good comp for him. And if, if Zach Wilson turns his career turns out to be like Derek Carr's, I mean, he's going to have a sustaining career. Might not win the Jets a Super Bowl, but he'll have a s- sustainable career. The Jets will win games. The Jets will go to the playoffs. Number three, San Francisco 49ers because of a trade they made with Miami. And in this spot, to me, there's only one person you take. Justin Fields out of the Ohio State University. Honestly, I do get the inconsistencies that a lot of people see and the inaccuracies at times. But man, Justin Fields, I think, has the most upside other than Trevor Lawrence in this draft. Big body, strong arm, runs a 4-4, and knows how to make plays and win in big games. I mean, we saw him go toe-to-toe with Clemson and Trevor Lawrence, and he threw like, what, six touchdowns in that game? He got hurt, and then he didn't play very well in the national championship game. But the dude was at Ohio State for two years. Okay, the dude knows how to play in big games with with the crowd noise and everything, all, all eyes on him, Justin's got it. And he, to me, he's a tremendous athlete. And when I look at Justin Fields, I see a better Donovan McNabb. And Donovan McNabb, when he got with Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb looked pretty good. I mean, there was a while there Donovan McNabb was was running the league. And I think Justin Fields is a better, bigger, faster, stronger version of Donovan McNabb. I, I think that's a great comp for him. And with Kyle I think Kyle can turn Justin into a superstar in just a few years. Can make that kid really, really good. Number four, Atlanta Falcons. They got the fourth pick. The Atlanta Falcons. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to say that they trade this pick 
to the Denver Broncos, and the Denver Broncos take Trey Lance, a guy with Josh Allen-level upside. This kid is a freak, and I think he has a chance to be really good. Long, big body, has a cannon at his arm, and he just doesn't make bad decisions. I mean, he had zero interceptions a season ago. Zero interceptions. I think this kid has a chance to be really good. He's got to get in the right system with the right coach. The Denver needs Denver needs to bring in an offensive guy. I like Vic Fangio. I think he's a great guy, a good coach. I don't think he's the right head coach. I think they need to bring in a de- an offensive guy. A name that comes, a couple names that come to mind for next year after they do take Trey Lance would be like a Ryan Dable or an Eric Bieniemy, someone along those lines to come into Denver to 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 work with Trey Lance to build him, him in. Him and uh, Drew Locke can go at it. You know, maybe competition makes Drew a little bit better, make Trey a little bit better, and then maybe Drew Locke's a trade piece for you. Maybe Drew plays pretty good and you can get rid of him for a fourth rounder or something like that. Who knows? But I think that's what's going to happen. I think Atlanta will end up trading it. I do think uh, Denver will come up, take that pick at four, and if Trey Lance is there, they're going to pull the trigger on Trey. Number five, Cincinnati Bengals. They got the fifth pick. They're going to take, easy, Penny Sewell, left tackle from Oregon. Huge frame. He sat out last year, but was ready to play in the league a year ago. I mean, great pass blocker. Has got a little bit to work with. You know, technical things aren't there as much, but he can learn that. Get with an offensive uh, O-line coach, an offensive coordinator. You can tweak those things. You can learn those things. And, you know, you take Jonah Williams. Him and Jonah Williams will be paired together. Who they got Jonah Williams two years ago. They can move Jonah to right. I think Penny's got I think Penny's got to play left, move Jonah to right, and then you have your bookends right there for an offense that could be really good to protect Joe Burrow here in a few years. I mean, I I, I don't think Cincinnati is going to lose as many games to get a top-year left tackle in the next couple of seasons as they are right now. I just, I don't think so. I think Joe Burrow is too good. And I don't, I don't know if Zach Taylor's the right coach, but I think now that they have more talent, now Joe Burrow's been in the league, I don't know if Cincinnati will get another top five pick like this in the next couple of years. I say take the tackle now. Take what's valuable now. I see people having them take Kyle Pitts now or Jamar Chase now. I don't get that. You just got T. Higgins. You do have, you've got Tyler Boyd. You have some offensive weapons. You got Joe Mixon. Build your offensive line. Get your bookends. That can be a huge asset for your offense moving forward to protect your key piece, your most valuable piece, and Joe Burrow. So those are my top five mock draft right now, one through five. Jacksonville is going to go Trevor Lawrence. I have the Jets taking Zach Wilson. Niners, Justin Fields. Atlanta trades to Denver. Denver takes Trey Lance. And the Cincinnati Bengals at five will take Penn Asel. Uh, next week, I'll run through 6 through 10 and so on and so forth until we hit 32 on the draft. Um, I like this. This is fun. I mean, I love sitting down, writing who I think is going to go where, if there's going to be a trade, whatever it may be. So I'll run through the rest of the draft as we go on. Uh, but for right now, I think that's going to do it for today. Oh, definitely a little bit of a shorter pod. Um, yeah, I had some personal stuff that I had to do today. Uh, so I wasn't able to get everything in, but that's okay. Nice little short, sweet pod. Masters this weekend. If you guys love some golf, you love some Masters. And if you love to bet, you love betting on golf. Uh, so you know, go do some little little Masters betting. Uh, watch the tournament. It's going to be a good one, I think. Uh, a lot of opportunities to be pretty special this year. I think Jordan can make it special if he wins. JT looking for his first green jacket. So a lot of good stuff going on. All right, guys, I appreciate it. And I will talk to you 
next week. Have a great weekend. Adios.